Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Power of Routines, Systems, and Processes. Are you a creative or business person who's just plain tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress in your career? This is the podcast that will change all of that. We're talking about strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. I'm Gordon Firemark. And this is More, Better, Faster. Welcome back, everybody. It's nice to be here with you. I'm Gordon Firemark, and I am going to be talking today to you about the power of routines and systems and processes and um, and how they can help you with your business, your productivity, and yeah, your creativity, because uh, they can open up the bandwidth that you need, the mental, personal, spiritual, physical, time, everything bandwidth that you might need to uh, give yourself the, the the breathing room so you can be creative and do your thing. So uh, we're just going to jump in and talk about routines and systems and processes. So routine is defined as a sequence of actions regularly followed, a fixed program. And researchers have found that routine can have far-reaching psychological benefits, including alleviating syndromes like bipolar disorder and ADHD and insomnia and and those kinds of things. So it's not just about, you know, uh, business productivity, but it's actually uh, really important to get routine going just for your own personal mental well-being. Many of the most famous gifted and creative people, uh, Sigmund Freud, uh, Beethoven, Georgia O'Keeffe, Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs, all of these people optimized their daily lives so they could be and stay on top of their game. Routine was the secret weapon that they used. Now, having a routine helps to ensure that you do the things that you do well. A routine is something that you know you can do well, and it is comforting during a routine because it provides an anchor of sort of predictability. They allow you to carve out time to pursue your passion every single day. Once you've made a routine of it, whether it's exercise or or uh, uh, or painting or writing or whatever, there's no more wriggling out of it, no more uh, failing to work on the thing in your business that needs that kind of attention needs you in your zone because you're too tired or the muse eludes you. It's in your routine. You're going to do it every single day at that particular time or according to this schedule, whatever daily practice is a game changer for your creativity. And among other things, it keeps projects moving, percolating in the unconscious mind. And research again, research shows just how powerful the unconscious mind is to help us to reach better decisions. It's much better sometimes than active thought. So building some margin into your routine, just some, some thinking time, some play time is an important component of this as well. Now systems. Uh, give you the freedom to do your best work every day without making the same mistakes over and over again. A system is defined as a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. It's an organized framework or a method. 
And focusing on a system means focusing on the things that you can control your actions rather than what you can't control, the endlessly unpredictable external world. Keep working your system and you will maximize the chances that your success will find you. Now, a goal is a specific objective that you either achieve or don't sometime in the future. A system is something that you do on a regular basis that improves your odds of achieving and finding happiness in the long run. If you do something every day, it is a system. If you're waiting to achieve it, Someday in the future, it is a goal. So that's sort of the idea there. Now, a process is defined as a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. So you see these are all similar and related concepts. Processes allow for you to to uh, make things into a system and it becomes a repeatable set of actions for those repetitive tasks and things like that. It, it can also be very useful to have processes in order to accomplish complicated tasks that you don't do very often. Processes allow for the distribution of the workload without the injection of sort of weird variables that come from different people doing the task because they're following a process according to a system. Now, a business system can rely on process to get that same output every time. It just goes input through a process and you get the output. Skills and techniques can be trained into additional workers by using these kinds of tools, processes, and systems. This allows for things to scale and it allows for you to build margin because things will happen a little quicker and more efficiently as well. So, I want to recommend a book. It's called Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande. And it really talks about uh, how checklists are, or the importance of checklists and how they work. And I sort of equate a checklist to the documentation or the, or the um, uh, accountability part of developing a system or a process. So a checklist is a great tool. He talks about, you know, checklists in the cockpit of that airliner. They want to make sure everything is working right before it starts rolling down the runway and takes off so that they don't encounter problems in flight. And they want to know that they're going to do things the same way every time. So they, the makers of the airplanes actually publish checklists of, of uh, verification steps and things like that. That is a system for, for ensuring safety, a process for ensuring safety. So that is the kind of thing. Uh, in in um, medical procedures, if you're having surgery, the surgical process will be documented and there will be checklists of, you know, everything from counting how many uh, implements are used, how many sponges and things like that. And so making sure that at the end they've, they've got the count again to make sure that all of the <laughs> tools have been taken out of the body of the, of the patient, those kinds of things, uh, make sure you don't miss any steps. So using systems is great to optimize the performance of a repetitive task. Um, using one ensures that no detail gets overlooked uh, that the output is consistent and that all of the steps are performed in the right order at the right times and in the right way. But it's important for us as creatives to remember that systems and routines and processes, if you apply them too rigidly, they can stifle creativity. So be careful um, when you have a creative initiative 
because that will need to have opportunities, at least in the system, for variation and interpretation and creative thought and input and so on. So it's really important to be mindful about not over-systematizing things. So a few approaches to how you can go about developing systems, depending on your situation and goals, these may or may not apply to you. But one is just sit down with a pad of paper and write out everything you do each day or over the course of a week or for the particular set of tasks that you're trying to do and look at it and figure out what is absolutely necessary. What's not, what can you cut or reduce and then see what you can set as sort of part of that normal routine, something you do the same way every single time or the same time every single day or week. Uh, maybe it's something to do with your lifestyle or you know, whatever, getting up and brushing your teeth and having your coffee and getting started with your day. That becomes a routine. It's sort of a habit, right? But documenting it as a system, creating it as a system doesn't do a lot of good in the, in the personal. I mean, you, you might have it written down somewhere or, or checklist so you don't forget to do things, but it's more important in your business in your creative work and those kind of the work stuff, because it's so easy to get distracted and overlook things. So get these things down and figure out what the routine is going to be and then document it. Uh, if it makes sense, once you have the routine, give it a little time, live with it, you know, do it, but live with it. And it'll start to feel like a habit. But even then, when you have processes and systems for accomplishing tasks, it makes sense often to stick with the, you know, thought checking off the checklist each time the pilots in the, in the airplane scenario, they don't throw the checklist out the window. They do the checklist on paper every single time, or maybe it's on a digital form now, but they do it every single time just to be sure no details get left out. When you rely on things being habit, you sometimes tend to cut corners and things like that. So that's, that's one approach is write it all down figure it out, refine it, find out what doesn't need to be there, what does, and so on. Now, another is to just maintain a running log of your activities as you go through the day. Keep a keep a pad nearby and write down everything that you do. There are software tools that will help you accomplish that as well. Um, but, uh, you know, making sure that you, every single step of every single task should be written down so that you can uh, uh, take note of it and figure out what's essential what's optional, what the decision tree might look like on certain things, all of that. Get that stuff down on paper. And then live with it, refine it, develop it. Now, if you're going to be delegating tasks, then um, you want to document in as granular and detailed a way as possible um, these things and and then you know carve out the chunk that, that is the task that you're going to delegate and uh, and supervise the person you're delegating to as they do the task, that's a good way to, to get them to adopt the system. And, uh, and that's that. Now, another approach is if it's going to be something that's performed by the other person, have that person shadow you while you do the task. If it's something you already do, have them watch you do it and list all your action steps and ask you clarifying questions along the way. And yes, this is going to take more time than just doing it yourself, but you're going to do it with them or what or have them watch you do it a couple of times and then you're going to have them do it while you watch them and fix and correct and whatever else and then you never have to worry about it again cuz they're going to get it done right every time that is the power of a system so you can do that or 
if it's something you're going to delegate and you know you're going to delegate, maybe just give it to the person to start and let them apply their creativity and their um, uh, in- intellect and, and intuition about things so they can develop the system in a way that works for them. Rather than having to rigidly do it the way you've always done it, allow them to find their best way to accomplish the thing, develop it into a system, processize it as much as possible. And let them, um, let them build the system for you that for your business that will handle it. So lots of different approaches to this and delegating is a hard thing to do. It is, it's challenging to let go of that kind of control. Maybe you're great at it. Maybe you're not. I'm, I'm not so good at it. I always get anxious when I'm handing something off to somebody. Are they going to do it right? Are they going to do it well enough? Good enough. Are they going to do it the way I would do it? Do I care? You know, all those kinds of things. So uh, that's, an, we'll do another episode about delegating, but the, the, the important thing is that you develop the system so that the activities can be duplicated and you should use, um, you should use systems and processes like this whenever you're dealing with a repetitive task, something that gets done the same way every time. It may not be something that gets done every day or week or month, but every time it gets done, it needs to be done the same way. You got to, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, get the details right. So sometimes though, it is important to be able to bypass the routine or system or process. Too much rigidity can be bad for that productivity because it's forcing people to follow steps that may not matter, that may not be important. It, it may force them to do things that they could easily automate and essentially create a subsystem that they can offload to some other, uh, you know, less important, less, uh, costly resource, I guess you could say. So it's okay to depart from a system if it isn't working or if it isn't efficient or if it lacks the flexibility to allow when there are variable inputs or different kinds of outcomes. Sometimes we just have to leave it to ourselves or our people to apply judgment and creativity and not to rely on a system. How many times have you been in a, in a situation where Somebody says you're asking for something to happen in, in a, in a business transaction and they say, oh, our system doesn't let us do that. And they're usually talking about a computer system that doesn't have an option in it. But the, the point is it's frustrating. It's exhausting. The system doesn't allow it. Well, you have to give your people the opportunity and yourself the opportunity to depart from the system when it makes sense. Don't trust too entirely on the system knowing what's best in a given situation. Okay. So don't assume that your system or process is infallible, but also don't assume that when it be, when you discover a flaw, the whole system or process should be abandoned. Look at it, consider what needs to be revised or tweaked or adjusted or whether an entirely new system should be developed. Now, here are a few examples of routines and systems and processes that we use in our daily lives. Um, doing your laundry, you know, Collect it, sort it, put it in the machine, add the soap, choose the right setting, depending on whatever factor. There's an input that goes there. Start the machine, wait for it to complete its cycle, take it out of the washing machine, put it in the dryer, select, you know, pull anything out that shouldn't go in the dryer and uh, hang or whatever you're going to do with, or, you know, with that, those items. But then the rest of the materials in the dryer, choose the correct setting and uh, and, uh, launch the dryer cycle. 
and repeat that for each load of laundry. And then you gather up the laundry, fold it and put it away. That is a routine. It's a system. And you can, as you know, you can train, uh, your, your, uh, family members, <laughs> your children to do that. It's part of actually you know, learning to become a functioning adult is learning to do these kinds of things. Another example of an important system, a process, and this is one that is documented and it's important to follow it by the, the documentation is baking a cake. You use a recipe. The recipe is a process that's been carefully designed and thought out to get you the same results every time or, or close to the same results every time. But there are some situations where cooking benefits from improvisation. You know, you make a, a pasta dish or a rice pilaf or, or just a, you know, stir fry using what you have on hand in the refrigerator. So it isn't following that same recipe. Some of the processes are the same, turning on the stove, gathering up your items, you know, those kinds of things, but the seasonings and the direct, the application of heat to the thing at certain times and those kind those may vary. So there are situations where it makes sense. Baking a cake is, a, is chemistry and you need to follow that recipe or you may, you'll have, you know, disappointing results, but cooking a stir fry isn't chemistry as much as creativity and, um, and a, a conservation of resources, I suppose. So Another uh, example of a routine that many of us have is to get into the zone for work, right? We get up, we get our day started, and then we have a routine that we use to get ourselves ready for work. It may involve playing a, a, a bit of music, a certain playlist, arranging the workspace, cleaning up a little bit, straightening things. Maybe you meditate before work or after work, those kinds of things, getting into and out of the zone for your work. A lot of artists follow the routine that involves some free writing in a journal. They call it morning pages that, that comes from uh, a book called the artist's way. Again, highly recommended if you are so inclined creative, the, the artist's way uh, talks about free journaling uh, every day to get thoughts out onto paper. And it's, it's a meditative process through journaling. Um, producing this podcast, as I was putting this all together, I actually realized that I don't have a written process or checklist for producing the show. And so I created it as I was creating the notes and I'll just run through the, the top level of it there. Um, first off is the topic brainstorming, which is actually sort of a separate subsystem that I sit down every few weeks and, and figure out what are some topics that I can cover on the show? What's come to mind? And I have a system for capturing them if they pop into my head during the intervals as well. Once I've chosen a topic for a particular episode, then I, I get engaged in the planning phase of things where I'm, I actually mind map the topic and, and what are the subtopics. And then I, I build myself some margins, some time to ponder what's going to happen in the show. Um, and, and what I need to think about. And then I go back and I look at the, uh, the, at the mind map and I add, apply the research and I flesh it out into what becomes essentially the talking points that I work from. Then I get into the pre-production on the day of the recording. I come into the, I'm going to call it a studio today. It's just an empty cavernous echoing room, but, um, I set up the equipment and I set up the video tools because, you know, I do, uh, I do 
a live video stream as I record the show as well on Facebook in the more, better, faster group, uh, and page. Anyway, I set up my video tools and I write out the episode description and I prepare the graphics and the scenes for the video. That's not very complicated, but I, I do that. And then I load the intro and outro music into my tool over here that I use to, to play the sounds. It's called a Rodecaster Pro, if anyone's interested. And I get the links that I'm going to refer to at the end of the episode, make sure they are working. Then comes the production where I launch the video and then I launch the audio and I play the music and record from my outline or my talking points and the outro and then out. And then I do the post-production. I send it off to a, uh, an automated system that does a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just tidying up of the sound and then it publishes it. And then I have my virtual assistant help promote the show. So that's you know, an example of a somewhat complex routine for something that really only takes about 30 minutes to do from start to finish. But because I do it that way, I'm able to get fairly consistent results week to week as I record the show. Now, we all use routines and systems and processes every single day. In fact, our whole lives are really a big system with lots of smaller subsystems in them. And so we spend our time on these things and, um, and we have lots of routines that are just habitual that we just do. As I said, you know, getting up, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, all those kinds of things are processes. But when you start to think about them and how you can apply the same approach to your business, you'll find ways to streamline and implement things. What I'm proposing here is that we take a more mindful approach to our overall systems and find areas where we can implement those kinds of subsystems that will increase our productivity and our efficiency and buy ourselves the margin, the time and the energy, the bandwidth to do more of what we want when we want and to achieve more better and faster. Now, I would love it if you would send me a comment, your thoughts on this. Maybe you have a system that you, that I haven't mentioned that you think we should talk about or, or, uh, that you, you know, have a particular process that would be useful to others. I'd love it if you'd share it. You can send it to me. I have an Instagram. My name on Instagram is Gordon Firemark. Um, you could join the more, better, faster group on Facebook. That would be wonderful. I'd love to have you join, whether you have a comment or not, join the group. And I am starting to get active on Clubhouse. So if you are a Clubhouse user, look for me there and follow, and I will try to do the same. And if you're interested in working with me to optimize your life and achieve more of your goals and get better results and do it all faster than ever before, we should talk. So let's set up a discovery call. You can visit me at firemark.com slash discovery and set up that, uh, that call where we'll talk about things and figure out what the goals are and whether we can uh, work together to make that come true for you. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening. And I'll see you again very soon on the next episode of More, Better, Faster. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.